Trust the Lord. And it is good to let the Lord fight your battle for you. Amen. The scripture says in Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, that for just my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. My thoughts are not your thoughts. If we read from verse 7, the verse 7 says, from verse 7, is that let the wicked forsake his ways. And the righteous man, his thought, let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Because your thought is not what? His thought. Nor your ways, God's ways, says the Lord. And verse 9 put it, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So no matter what we are thinking about, when you put it into the thought of God, the mind of God, it's far, far higher. So if you're thinking and what you think can be done is limited, when we put it in God's thought, you'll find out that God cannot be limited in whatever way. There is a story I always like so much. It is in Judges from chapter 6 to Chapter 8, you all know about a young man called Gideon. Gideon was born at a point when Israel allowed sin to separate them from God at any time Israel's sin against God, what happened is that 
for God to turn them to himself. You know, human beings always want to get into crisis before they call upon God. Sometimes when we are comfortable, uh, we try to do things and think that things go normal. So he allows, he takes away his protection, he takes away his hands, and any time God takes away his protection and his presence in your life, the devil gains advantage over you. So what the devil does is that when he finds out that God's protection is taken off from you, he will then come in to finish his work because his work is always to bring misery, to bring trouble, to bring sorrow, to bring hunger, to bring all that is happening wrong in your life. So Israel had fallen and sin into sin and idolatry. Sometimes we think serving the Lord alone, we need to add something. How many of you know that? Oh, most of us have done that before. When you pray and you seem not to get, see God moving, and you hear something is happening somewhere, You are tempted to go and check that thing, whether that thing can help you. So Israel also entered into idolatry, and sometimes it's not their fault. Uh, That's the human nature. It always wants to serve. It always wants to worship something. So they... When God seemed to be very silent in people's life, they tried to find another God to worship. And never be like that. God is the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. So Israel entered into that sin, idolatry, and was worshiping idols. Then God lifted his hands, and judgment came unto them. God permitted vast hordes of Midianite to invade her land each year and rob her harvest. The most difficult thing is when you work very hard and you plant, you sow, you see the fruit coming and you see the result, your expectation is coming and something just comes like COVID and erase everything. It doesn't matter how hard you worked. You can tell people that we work hard. But what people are looking for is the result. So, the problem was that not that the land wasn't producing. Fruit was not coming. It was coming. But when the fruit come, at the time of harvest, these people will come and destroy everything. That is the way the devil operated. So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianite will come up, also Amalekite, and the people of the east will come up against them. 
So in the mind of Satan, he always doesn't want men to sow. But he knows that the way to make it in life is to sow. So whatever he would do to keep us from sowing our faith, holiness, life, and the things of God, he will discourage us. So they sow and they will then come in their number and invade the place <laughs> and make sure that they destroy everything. What way <laughs> on every side then Gideon found a way. He will get something and go and hide some place to uh, uh, <laughs> and he was at the threshing mill threshing his wheat. Then just as he was doing, somebody appeared and gave him a greeting. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terrible tree, which was in opera, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, while his son Gideon, that is Gideon's father, uh, treasured wheat in where? In the wine's press, in order to hide it from what? The Midianite. He did not steal the wheat, but you have to hide it. Sometimes you cannot even tell people that this is what God wants to do, is doing in my life. If you don't hide it, they will destroy it. So God has blessed you. You cannot show your blessing. You cannot tell the world that God has blessed me. You have to pretend that you are hungry with the people. So while he was doing that, an angel appeared. I thank God at any point when we are in trouble, when we feel weak, when we don't have strength, God sent his angel to strengthen us. I believe that there will be angelic visitation to some of us and on this earth to people where their strength is weak. The angel greeted him. Oh, let's look at it. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is where? With you. You mighty man of what? Sometimes what God says about you, look opposite what the condition you are in. Here is a mighty man of valor, threshing wheat, trying to go and hide it somewhere, 
Do mighty men of valor behave like that? The angel greeted him. The first greeting was that, what? The Lord is with you. In fact, the Lord with the church, that makes it a church. If the Lord leaves the church, the church becomes an organization. Like bank, any bank, like any cement factory, like a football, club. It is God's presence that makes a people a people. Unfortunately, we try to remove God's presence. Sometimes, God is with the church, but we are not conscious of his presence. So whenever we come to church, the reason why we come to church is to have companion with men, which is okay. But the first thing, the reason why you should come to church is to come to the presence of God. When you know that God is with you here, everything that you do, there won't be any hypocrisy. If you lift up your hands, you know you're lifting up your hands to God. If you give an offering, it could be one CD. It could be the little that you have. God's presence knows that this is what this person has and this is what he wants to give. You don't need to impress anybody. The presence of the Lord gives us power over our enemies. Once we are sure of God's presence, we know deliverance will also come. There is no place where people have got their victory without God's presence. Anytime you see something great happening, you see the presence of God in it. Even with Jesus Christ, who came in a human flesh, I said, how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good. Do you know why he, was doing, he could do the good? Some of us want to do good. You can't do good. You see somebody in trouble. You want to help the person with money. You yourself. The house people call it Dukadaya. It simply means that you are all the same. You have compassion, but you cannot help. 
You see somebody dying, loved one. You feel you have, you, you wish you have power to give the person life. And you see life going slowly, wasting away. You wish you could do something, but you become helpless until the person dies. Have you gone through that before? Jesus was able to do that because he was not only anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, but the Bible said that God was with him. His own son. God needs to be with him to be able to do all that he was doing. To raise Lazarus, God was with him. To heal the blind, God was with him. To turn water to wine, God was with him. To walk through enemies that want to throw him headlock, to kill him. And they couldn't arrest him. Why? Because God was with him. Why was David able to kill Goliath? Is it because of his experience? No. People said, some people said, it's good. It could be fat. That he was so skillful. It doesn't take skill to kill Goliath. It doesn't take only skill. It takes God's presence. David knew that God was with him. So his testimony was not because he was skillful. His testimony was that God was with him. So anytime the lion came, because God was with him, because the lion of Judah, the overall king of kings of lions, the real lion, not the one that roared like a lion, That is emboldening him and is able to kill the false lion. When the bear comes, he catches a like this. One. He said, when, he, when they come and they want to take it, I will go and catch it, open the mouth, remove the animal, and kill it. Look at this small boy fighting with a lion over a lion's food. What kind of boldness will cause this boy to risk his life? The only way you can risk your life is that the one that has life, that is the possessor of life, that gives life, is with you. God is with you. 
Brothers, God is with you. Sisters, God is with you. Pastors, God is with you. In fact, the presence of God alone solves every complex situation on earth. My desire is that we will recognize that God is with us. So when we get born again, what God does, you don't know what happened. There is the presence of God. He used to live in an ark, in a box. There's a presence of God that comes to live in you. So the scripture then calls you, greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. God's presence in you is greater than the situation you are meeting. It's greater than the devil that is facing you. It's greater than your vi- witches in your village. It's greater than anything that you can confront. He had all this presence of God but didn't know was still threshing afraid of the very enemy meanwhile he could destroy the enemy we are potential destroyer of the enemies but fear can keep you ignorance can keep you from taking what belongs to you Gideon was afraid Gideon was not sure. Gideon knew the power and the strength of the Midianite. Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, he said, If. Why? Then has all this happened to us. So he understands that when God is with you, certain things cannot happen. Satan cannot play Ludu on your head. He cannot play Chaskele on you. You know Chaskele? The African golf. That's the poor man go, isn't it? Put the thing there. Take the stick. Hit it. Bah. Just kill it. Some of you have played it before. A tin of milk. The boys. Show me use ball. But you stick and that. But whether you use ball or they are all, this, they are, they are all kicking. It doesn't matter. Don't allow the devil to harass you, to stop you. He said, if God is with us, why all this happening? The same question is being asked. If God 
is with Christians. Why this COVID closing all the churches? This is the same question we are all asking. But that does not negate that God is not with us. It does not negate that God was not with Gideon. Then Gideon came to himself. He said, God, if you were with us, why? But if you haven't seen anything at all, <laughs> and where are all what? His miracles, which our fathers told us about. Sometimes you only hear about testimonies of people. You haven't experienced one before. So because you have the experience, God, if you were there, then what, why am I going through this? Where are the miracles which you've read in the Bible? That you can open the Red Sea. That you can do this. You can open the eyes of the blind. You can raise the, you can lift the crippled. You can, you can do all these miracles. Lord, where are the miracles? Why? It's wealth being pushed only into, unless you become wicked before you, you, can, you get money. Why is the, the righteous being rejected? Why are the real people who said they are serving God being trampled upon? Why is it that politicians don't mind Christians in Ghana? Unless they want to vote. If God was with you, Why? This is the question he asked. He said, where are the miracles? You look at the past. You see the hand of God. You look at the presence. You don't see anything in your life. When you got born again, you prayed a little you are getting answers. Now that you are old, you suffer, 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 you don't get answers. Breakthrough is coming. Something comes back and turns it away. You plant and sow and enemies come to destroy all your ideas. Where are the miracles? God said, don't worry, I'm going to show you the miracles. He was asking for the miracle. But when God wanted to show him the miracle, he was afraid. So, let's continue. He wanted to be very sure. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are the miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianite. He's stating the fact on the ground. 
that what you are telling me, if it's true, why this and that and that? Nigga said, that's the reason why I came. God wants a man. Anytime God wants to change a situation, he himself doesn't come to change it. He looks for a man. He looks for a man who will say yes to him. Who can trust him. Who will believe him. All the ages, that is what God did. When he wanted to save the damn world, he looked for a man and he got Noah. When he wanted to make a covenant, he looked for a man and he got Abraham. When he wanted to kill Goliath, he looked for a man. And what happened? He got who? David. When he wanted to deliver Israel, he looked for a man and he got Moses. So all the time, when he wanted to save the entire world, he looked for a man and Jesus came. He is still in the business of looking for a man. Any problem you see on earth here, he will put a solution in a man. So you have the responsibility to solve a problem. Say amen. amen. Then, he said, he wasn't sure. He said, if it's so, let me go and do this. So he tested, you know, you, read, you all know the story. Then he turned to him and said, go into the might of, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from what? The hand of the Midianite. Have I not sent you? What kind of mind is he telling him? The man looked at himself. I haven't seen any new energy coming. I haven't taken any new energy drink. I haven't taken any herbs to strengthen myself. For me, I feel the same. But God says that, go in this might. What the strength which the veiler, the man of veiler he's talking about, is not your strength. It is his God's strength. You present this strength you have. And I, you plus God, you are an army. I want to fight along with you. So he made sure he was very, uh, it was God who was speaking. You know what he did? He tested God some more. He did God exams. <laughs> and God passed off. First, he said, uh, let it rain, isn't it? He put something that said, let it rain on this thing alone. When it rains on it, and that's the old place, get wet. Then I know, let the dew fall on it. Then Yeshua spoke. When he came, it was wet. He said, mm. Somebody heard me talking. So he was holding a bucket of water. The moment I left, <laughs> he poured the water on it. I'm going to give you another one. Lord, now, uh, let it rain all around. And this one, 
Don't let it get wet. I don't know who can water all this area. But the next day, when he came exactly what he saw, once his faith got established in God, he never turned. He then went that night and did what? And cut off what? Destroy the gods. Because Israel, his father, <laughs> all of them have turned to idolatry and even his father have some. You come to church but you have something under your bed to support God to do warfare. <laughs> And at a point, he went and cut off those things, and the people started raising uh, uh, queries. And the father says, Let those gods did what? Do what? Defend themselves. There are some gods they can't defend themselves. He responded to what God said, even though he didn't feel anything. He depended upon the word of God. Then he decided to form an army. But it's not enough for God to say, man of Vela. He wanted him to go to war. And the guy looked at the size of the army of uh, Though the people then, he gathered about 32,000, isn't it? 32,000 soldiers. Majority are fearful people. Because the people have left fear in their heart. Can we have Christians who are bold to stand in for God? He said, those who are afraid, let them do what? Let them go home. How many went home? Hey, my God. Look at how the people did. <laughs> Gideon. 32,000 people a face. That is, I think, chapter 7, verse 3. And 8, chapter 8, verse 10. Now therefore proclaim the hearing of the people saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. 22,000 of the people return and 10,000 remain. Imagine you're guarded. That's why in all the congregations you should depend on. Depend on your faith. Thirty-two thousand, about two thirds, were afraid. Seventy percent, we say we are Ghanaians. We are, we are Christians. But let me tell you, even if we get ten percent, who 
will stand for God. I'm bold. Nobody can trample upon us. We are fearful people. Fearful pastors. Fearful congregation. Fearful elders. All of us are afraid. But we hide under people's faith. I remember sometimes you are going to cast demon. People say, young boy cast demon. Hey, you are going. But <laughs> you'll find out that all your body you are taking, you are the only person going. Don't follow me, you. <laughs> they are depending on your faith. <laughs> we need to be bold. God do not use fearful people to fight battles. Be bold. Take away fear. Go faith and fear. They are opposites. They don't work together. If you enter into any warfare with fear, I guarantee you a defeat. Greater boldness. You know some people, their boldness gives them things. They can walk to an office and the way they talk will give them a contract. Some have the capacity but they are timid. Some have power, but they are afraid. At least, people have been blessing this prophet. But there's one thing I like about them. If they're doing wrong thing, they're bold. And let me tell you, because of their boldness, some people fear Christianity. But they know Omo Kasa Unklofoy. Omo Shia Badam 47. The fearful, imagine he, was, he thought he had 32 military men. But some about two thirds, 22, more than two thirds, were just a load that is going to discourage the time. So God separated them. He said, Hey, God, the battle I'm going to fight. My army is just, it's not even close to 100. There are over 100,000. I have 32. The 32, do you have reduced it to 10? How? God said, these people, there are plenty. Let them go and drink water, isn't it? So he tested. The next test came, and some of them 
they just put their lay down and start doing what? Let's see. Then he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who lap from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. There were men who were ready. There were some who just will just lie down like dogs, buried all their nose in the water. They won't be vigilant. They can't be looking anywhere. Those who knelt down, I was in their hand, they were holding their shield, and they put their hand down, getting ready while they are drinking. He said, God wants us to be alert. But some of us are buried when we see small breakthrough. We are buried in the things of the world. You, they give you a little position, you put your nose inside. Leave everything, lie down, and forget about Christianity. God cannot fight with those people. He warned those who are ready, kneeling down with their shield, drinking, being vigilant. The moment they say, enemy, ah, he, took, he will take his decision. But when you are like this, he come behind you, push you inside the water that you are finished. God said, these ones are not ready. Remove them. Are you the fearful Christian or the greedy one? Are you the one who we endorse only in the world and in the things when you are thirsty and the door open for you, you forget everything about Christ? Or you will still be doing it at the same time. Your attention is on the mission God has given you. God said, these are the people you should go and fight with. If I were Gideon, I would question God. You look at the people. Look at your number. They were not, you know the number of the the enemy's army. You know the, their number? It isn't a small number. It is about 135,000 men that fight. Against, it was 32. And God reduced it to 10. And it was reduced to 10. 10,000. Now it has been reduced to what? They are no longer in thousands. They are what? In hundreds. 300,000, uh, 300 people going to fight how many people? 135,000. How can they fight? But when God is with one person. 
He's more than 10,000. He's more than a million. God on your side. You are more than a million people. Let them come in their number. God will multiply you. God will make you great. God wants to show himself to them who will put their trust in him. Today, I want you to put your trust. Maybe I may continue next week to look at the battle that went on, the strategy he used, and how he won. Don't think that your number, your week, don't think that the situation have bombarded you is bigger than you. Some of you are almost giving up. But you look at the situation, I said, this situation, no matter how I try, I can't overcome it. I am telling you today, God on your side. We're for God. We're for God. We're for God. He is going to fight that battle for you. No one can stand on your way. God is in to make a way for you and open doors for you. Your battle will be the battle of the Lord. You may be reduced to a little number, but he said, let me quote it in three. Munsiro ekunkitwa na yewaja osoro no fe. Don't be afraid, you little flock. For it is the pleasure of the Father to give you. If you feel you are little, if you feel you are few, if you feel you are weak, today you are a candidate for God to fight for you. You are going to win your biggest battle in life. God is going to help you to win your biggest battle in life. Amen. God bless you. We have come with